Right now, we're facing a man-made disaster of global scale. We are the first generation to feel the impact of climate change and the last generation that can do something about it. If we put together science, technology, traditional knowledge, we can protect our planet. I want you to act as if the house was on fire, because it is. This is People Taking Action, a podcast bringing inspirational stories of people around the world who are taking action against the climate crisis. Through the ups and downs and in the battle for environmental sustainability, there are local heroes out there who carry on doing their work and making a difference. So we're here to bring their stories to you, have a nice chill discussion, and hopefully bring you guys a bit of inspiration as well. My name is Alex Whitebrook, and with me, as always, is Khadija Stewart. Hello, hello, hello. We're having a nice, another chill Friday recording. I believe that it's a couple of episodes in a row that we've done this. So I do have a little bit of a drink here with me just to just to relax and have a nice time while we're having a discussion with our really fantastic guest today, Ahmed Mumin. Ahmed is a environmental science student at the University of Boyer in Cameroon. And he's also the founder of the Think Green environmental movement, as well as a actual founder and strong supporter of the uh, Yaoundé Cameroon Sustainable Ocean Alliance hub. So one of the key actions that's behind Ahmed's environmental movement that is Think Green is the collection and repurposing of plastic waste. Plastic waste is obviously a really big issue around the world, but in situations where there are very weak systems for managing even the removal of plastic waste from households, from cities, from communities, it becomes almost an existential problem. And that's one of the things that has really sparked action from Ahmed, it seems, in the situation he has found himself in in Cameroon. I found a lot of information about just how bad the situation is there in terms of plastic pollution. Likewise. They definitely have a severe problem. No rubbish collection, but they have waste accumulating in like drainage channels, riverbeds, etc. People set them on fire. And then of Mm. course, when the moon soon arrives, all the plastics is like washed into the Cameroon estuaries and they get flooding when it rains and it's severe flooding. And then people start getting sick because of the extent mm. of the problem and the, the foul odor that it emits. Mm. Yeah. These plastic bottles and things become like a refuge for bacteria and stuff like that. Don't yeah. They? And sometimes it even ends up in like people's homes when it washes down and when it floods and stuff. Yeah. It's very disheartening. And I'm so glad that there are initiatives like Ahmed's out there to help tackle all of this. I think he's taken a really creative um, approach to it which we'll get into mm-hmm. in conversation with him. Because like I said, there are very few recycling facilities in Cameroon. Before recycling, they don't even have proper waste management infrastructure or, or anything exactly. like that. Yeah. So he's found himself in a situation. He's having to try and repurpose them instead. And it's become quite a movement in Cameroon from what I could see. Just surfing around on the web, you'll find all sorts of ways that, that plastic waste has been put to new uses in, in Cameroon, like furniture, building blocks, actually melting down the plastic and turning them into construction materials. All these kinds of things are ways that people in communities at the grassroots level 
are having to do as a solution to the problem they face. And as always, Cameroon is already facing consequences of climate change. They have abnormal recurrence of extreme weather phenomena like violent winds, high temperatures, heavy rainfall and stuff. And one thing that is very interesting is because of the variation in their geography and stuff like that, where you have like the Sahelian zone, which is hardest hit by stuff like desertification. And then you have areas in the coastal side, which is threatened by sea level rise, and then the mountains and deforestation and flooding. So I, yeah, it's going on. It's going down in Cameroon. Just like everywhere, <laughs> plastic problem is definitely not helping. And it's like a series of unfortunate events that's going to turn into something ginormous and mm, absolutely destructive if they don't find ways to deal with it. But there's people like Ahmed and a lot of different grassroots organizations that are trying to tackle the problem. So there's hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that just to break down the situation further, the Cameroon government has tried to tackle the issue in some way. There are laws in place that prohibit the practice of littering and of burning plastics. But of course, law is all well and good if the systems aren't in place to actually remove the waste from the site it's produced. And if they have nobody enforcing the law, because that's one of the exactly. biggest things in Trinidad. We have a lot of laws and minimum enforcement. Yeah, it's a hot mess. <laughs> but it's fantastic that that there's change happening. Ahmed is not alone either. There are a lot of people out there. I found an article about someone dubbed Plastic Man in Cameroon, another collector and and repurposer of plastic. And he actually lives over in Buea, which is the town where where Ahmed studies. So it's all connected. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who are really trying to make a difference for this issue. And Cameroon in general has a vision for development and sustainable development. They released their Cameroon Vision 2035, which is all about progress towards becoming a middle-income industrialized country and doing it sustainably. It's just fantastic that we have people like Ahmed really on the ground helping make this development progress as well. Yeah, because once the plastic comes off the street of Cameroon, it will end up in the Atlantic Ocean and end up everywhere else in the world because we all know the plastic travels. So yeah, it's good stuff. Let's jump into a conversation with Ahmed. Let's do it. Welcome, Ahmed. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show today. Khadija and I have already had a bit of a discussion about your background, Think Green, your project, and all the work you do to help reduce plastic pollution. Yeah. Hello, hello, Ahmed. You're doing amazing stuff, so I can't wait to dive into your work and what inspires you and everything. It's going to be good. Exactly. And as always, the first question we really wanted to ask you (laughs) was, can you give us a little bit of an introduction to, to you? What was your call to action and how did you first start on this journey. Hi Alex, hi Khadija. It's a pleasure featuring the program today in order to share my story, my passion, my work. Thank you very much. I'm really excited. I am Ahmed, an environmental science student in the University of Boya. I'm the founder of Think Green, a non-governmental non-profit organization that advocates for the protection of the environment. I have to start by saying that the first thing that relates me to the environment is the love and the passion. That love I have for nature, it's uh, inborn because I remember when I was very small, I had ideas positive to the environment. I, I used to love to go to the park, to the zoo. I used to love planting trees. I, I, I mostly did uh, workshops, in, especially in the zoo, 
doing holidays in my town. This gave me a connection the environment. When I was really young, I really had a positive mindset toward the environment. So growing up, I was more sensitive to environmental related topics. So when I grew up, I saw the need to act, the need to bring in my strengths, my, my work. So I started by joining uh, local NGOs. We did a lot of sensitization campaigns. We did cleanup campaigns. As more as more we're doing, I felt that it was not enough. I felt that I had to do something extra. I felt that I had the ability to pursue more and engage myself more in environmental protection. So this inspired me to start Think Green. And Think Green has since become what I always refer to as a state of mind, as a, an ideology, as a way of life. And so Thingling started with a few members. We tackled the most delicate environmental concern in Cameroon, which is pollution is really a big problem in Cameroon. And so we started cleaning the most polluted areas where market mostly, and we know the impact that we had to resolve the market because market is where most of our food passed and everything related to our health. So we began the challenge to clean the deathiest market. In week by week, we were cleaning the market. And with time, we, we started only a few of us with my friends, with the first friends I contacted to start the, the project. So with time, people started being interested. People were contacting me through my social media handles in order to join, to encourage, in order to support. So with time, it became a part of me. I felt like I could not disappoint people again by, by leaving, by giving up. So I just engaged myself totally. And since then, we have been doing great things around us. Tell me a little bit about Think Green and why you call it a state of mind, which to tell you the truth, I actually love that. Yes, a state of mind. I really describe what we do like a state of mind because when we hear Think Green, we you know eventually we are thinking green we are being green and it's not only an organization for people to come and gather and do work and sing it's an organization that really tries to link passion and nature the love and nature because we love what we do we enjoy what we do so we have put feelings in what we do it's nature it's a mentality so that's why we really call it a state of mind and Think Green started, we did a lot of campaigns to fight against plus, uh, pollution, first of all. And according to statistics from our Ministry of Environment, 6 million tons of waste is being disposed in the environment every year. And uh, in that 6 million tons, 600,000 tons are plastic waste. So we discovered the plastic domain is still not really popular in Cameroon. We really decided to focus on plastic pollution. It was really difficult. It's even still difficult because the recycling companies are few. There are no really structures that are really programmed to, to take care of this plastic waste. And so we are forced to develop ideas every time in order to reduce this waste. And so we have tried to partner with a few that we, we, we could and the other plastic waste we are trying every time to reuse it we have also been trying to touch 
our lawmakers so that they try to do something at the level of the assembly because as in the level of the assembly and the senate that we decide laws in Cameroon. So by doing this, we created a type of platform where we promoted a lot of plastic-based materials. We have been doing a lot of plastic-based materials. We've been doing pencil case, we are doing Christmas trees, we have been doing brooms, we have been doing a lot of decoration and a lot of beautiful things with plastic. And we have been doing expositions in towns and city halls in order to show people that we could reuse these bottles. We, we have been doing a lot of sensitization campaigns in schools, in offices, around the community, everywhere, in markets, where we know that we could really impact the people. We have really touched the, the lawmakers because we have really made them to leave the offices and, and come to where we work so that they can see the reality. And uh, we also give out those waste plastics to recycling companies. And it is difficult because sometimes they can make one week, two weeks before coming or the, uh, something and it's really discouraging. So we have always been trying to ameliorate, upgrade our ways in managing this different waste. And I used to say if you enter in, the, in your bathroom today and uh, you see your tap flowing, the first thing you do is you stop the tap, then you carry the water and get rid of it. You won't just take your bottle and be carrying the water and the tap is flowing. It is double work. We don't see pleasure in, we don't find pleasure in clearing waste every day. We, we believe that uh, there's a solution that can be done and that's what we have been fighting for years now. And that's what I have been advocating for years. I believe things can get better and it's encouraging because what we have been doing, we have been getting to see the different positive aspects and we believe that in the next month in the next years we will be better than how we are today we were really inspired to hear all the work that think green does recycling and reusing the plastic waste that is littered around cameroon and especially in the city the town where you study in boyea and we actually saw that you had a really great project in 2019, around December time, a Christmas campaign. It was something very special that you did with these plastic bottles. I was wondering if you could let our listeners know about that project and what made it special to you. The Christmas tree project is definitely our best project. And I term this project as being the right project at the right time, because it came up during a period that Christmas tree was highly demanded. During Christmas seasons, there's a lot of importation of Christmas tree, a lot of sales of Christmas trees. And so I even discovered that the one that we imported funnily were still made of plastics. We are not yet able to manage our own plastics and we are still importing plastics. So it was a way to show to the world, show to people that we can reuse these plastics and make the Christmas trees that we need for our Christmas period. So we, it was like an impossible mission at the beginning. Nobody believed that something could come out like that. And so the first Christmas tree came out. It was marvelous. It was beautiful. We termed it Christmas tree. And it, it began in December 2019. All our Christmas tree have been given out for free in the orphanage that did not have Christmas tree, institution, individuals. And it was a way to 
familiarize them to these Christmas trees, these eco-Christmas trees as we call them, to show them that we could reuse our plastic bottles and, and make so many great things. And we have been trying to promote it at our level in order to make people know it. Local radio and television channels, international channels have helped promote this work and we are satisfied at our level. And this also favored the multiplication of other projects and other things we could do. We are really happy of this outcome with plastic bottles. And so this is really what we are dreaming as a state of mind. It is gradually getting out and spreading and touching more people. And this is what we are trying to, to achieve, impacting the highest number of people we can do. And we are praying that our Echo Christmas tree should be more valorized in the future Christmas period. And we have been asking help from different individuals and different people to help us promote this Christmas tree so that we use it rather than importing Christmas trees again that are made of plastics. And not forgetting the statistics worldwide that 120 million trees are cut down every Christmas for, for, for Christmas trees, which is a large scale deforestation. And we know the, the, the effects and release of, of CO2 and it's very dangerous to our environment. And we are trying to even fight deforestation, fight plastic pollution at the same time and also making people enjoy Christmas tree at a cheaper rate, at a more convenient rate. That Christmas tree thing is really cool. And I feel like saying Christmas carols because we're talking about Christmas trees, but I wouldn't. I refrain myself. So She already was off microphone. <laughs> I love Christmas. Anyways, so where do you get all these plastic materials from? Is it donated? Do you get it from recycling centers and stuff for all your different projects? Most of our plastics, we collect them. And we organize frequent cleanup campaigns in rivers, streams, we go to markets, neighborhoods, we go door to door, we go to homes, we ask people to give out the plastic waste they don't use. We go to schools and tell the children to bring plastics from their homes. And in Cameroon, in the recent uh, months, the eco bins that have been placed in different spots in the major towns, these eco bins, these eco bins, these eco bins are placed and people come and dispose the plastic waste. And we have been trying the recent months to sensitize people on the use of these eco bins. And so when we organize cleanup campaigns and it is very dangerous because we know the effects marine organism, we know that after that it must end up in the ocean. So we inform communities and people to come and help us. We try our best to get all these plastics and we stock them, waiting for recycling companies to come and collect them. And we take some for our other uses of other materials that we are trying to produce. And so this is how we manage to give all our plastics. It's really inspiring the way that you manage to bring it all together. No matter what's going on in the world, you manage to get the materials you need, the plastic bottles to make the project and also mobilize enough people. So the next thing we really wanted to ask you was, how do you manage to mobilize people and keep them engaged in the Think Green projects, especially in 2020? Because as we know that COVID has really disrupted things in recent times, and we'd be really interested to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested to hear what that's been like for you. 
how you how have you overcome the covid pandemic and come out the other end still volunteering still engaging lots of people to join think green yes all the rest of the world were greatly affected by the covid-19 pandemic that resulted in the suspension of our field activities from the month of march to the month of august where we had uh, lockdowns in my country so it made us very difficult for us to do our field campaigns we could not go and collect bottles as we, as we used to do so it gave us the opportunity to change our program and make it more online and more social media oriented and this in, increased our engagement on on the social media and uh, we organized a lot of social programs make our activities a little bit fun it is not so tense we give the youth a voice we give them the ability to get involved i think that's what makes us different it makes people like to join us like to to volunteer and i have to precise that since i started singing i have never paid someone to be part of our activities every day we have youths that join us because they see our work they see the impact and they see what we are trying to do and they know that we are not doing it only for us we are doing it for everybody i remember our first cleanup campaign when i mobilized we were only less than 5 but today we are in several towns and we are over 100 and it's very encouraging so after the loosening of the covid restrictions we took a lot of safety barriers we took a lot of ways to adapt it but it didn't stop what we had planned we did great things during the 2020 and we have continued to engage and use social media interact with the youth and try to achieve our aims and we also discovered that during that period there was low pollution rate we definitely said the covid had a positive impact on the environment because there was no a lot of pollution again and everything was like becoming stable So you talked to us a little bit about Think Green but I know in your future you have the Sustainable Ocean Alliance Yaoundé Cameroon Hub that's happening. How did you find SOE and what is the plans for the hub moving forward? Actually being a nature lover, I really love ocean activism, everything that goes in that domain, protecting the ocean or the marine organisms and it's quite what I've been doing with Think Green because we specialize in rivers streams and we are trying to avoid this from reaching the oceans from destroying marine organisms and everything and i got to know soa because of a friend of mine paris forby who was already in soa and so he introduced me to soa he talked to me about the way they cultivate ideas to bring solutions biggest problems facing the ocean and Paris really enjoyed what I have been doing. He really believed in my skills and he told me that I'll be really important for the ocean and for SOE. I joined uh, SOE then I later on created SOE Yaoundé, Yaoundé which is my hometown. I began to work and it's still going the same domain with what I'm doing with Think Green, but yeah, I'll 
concentrate more on the ocean i will really finalize the work on the ocean fingering is doing the first part and i believe soa will do the second part focus this year is my strategic plan of action focus on oceans related issues organize a lot of cleanup campaigns sensitization inspire more youth into ocean activism and really help share my experience with people and impact the way i can that's really what i'm planning for soa yaoundé cameroon yeah okay so you know alex and i talked a little bit about the plastic problem and stuff in cameroon in the intro but it was just a little, a little touch, a little sprinkle. But we really want to hear from you the extent of the problem. If you could describe that for us, what are you seeing on the ground? Because what we read on paper is sometimes always completely different from what is actually happening on the ground. Yeah, Khadija, you know, it's only when you go to the field before you get in touch with the reality. And uh, it is very painful after... When we do all these things, we, we get some reality results. We, we feel that there is still work to be done. We need to get in action. We need to really work on it. 600,000 tons of plastic waste dispersed every year. And in these 600,000 tons, less than 1% is being recycled. So you can just get the gap between what is being deposited and what is being uh, recycled. So... You see, with the long way, we still have to go. And laws were passed some years back banning the importation of plastics. And this law did not last long because people smuggled it inside. It became like people didn't understand why they, they, they suspended these this plastics. They were not educated more on why they have had to stop this plastic. They had no alternatives because that's what we have been trying to propose in the, in the, in the recent years to our authorities that before doing such initiative, you have to propose to put in so alternative, show them things they can use in the place of this because plastic has become like a part of the, the, our daily life to so do all, almost everything to so plastics in Cameroon. So it's really difficult to tell somebody from the next day that stop using this when he has nothing. So that's why we have been trying to communicate and show things that we can do, alternatives and propose, but it's still to be encouraged and we have to know that there are a lot of plastic product producing companies in Cameroon and this business seems very lucrative because every day they seem to grow bigger and bigger and continue to pollute our environment and they seem not to be afraid of anyone because every year they continue multiplying and producing millions and millions of tons of plastic waste and nothing is being done to to curb this but and so it's really discouraging and when we are trying to approach them we are trying to to make them know what they are doing it seems as it doesn't concern them it's as if it's our problem and so we know that something can be done something can be done for all these companies to to be responsible because i just felt on statistics on one of the companies recently at the end of the year they were, they were proud to, to to announce that they, they produce more than 500 million plastic bottles uh, juice and i saw that if you are producing 500 only for this company, how many times other companies that produce what they will do what? And we have to know that there's a lot of flooding in Cameroon and 
our own report has always suggested that plastic pollution has been the main cause because the water drainage system are being blocked by plastics and this water finally overflow and really flooding destroys so many things and there's a habit because there's no appropriate way of disposing plastic waste and the end of burning it and that's also one thing that we have been trying to sensitize people on the effects of burning in effect to the health effect to, to, to the environment and everything and so it is not easy to, to really conquer this because they have no alternative we don't have plastic recycling companies and uh, we are trying to always tell these companies you have big budget for advertisement for publicity when we go everywhere we see advertisement on tv station or radio station to to produce and sell you can still have the means to to stop this we, we, we can stop this together because it's harming us it's, it's very bad and so these are little things about the plastic reality you don't know that it is part of our life the pollution is part of our life and it's something that we cannot just stop it in one day and we cannot just stop it ourselves we need to be together we need to be strong on one thing before we can do such great things it's really amazing how successful that think green has been and the soa yoonde uh, hub that you've also been integral in founding and we love all the work that you've told our listeners about what have been the major challenges you faced in making think green a success and where would you like to take it in the future there's nothing that goes smoothly with no real challenges and the major challenges that i face with thinking is first of all to the challenge of changing people's mindset convincing people to change the habits like telling somebody was used to doing something the next day not to do it again is really really difficult so when we succeed with one person is a great achievement for us our challenge was always been to change people's mentality in our neighborhoods our communities our towns another challenge is i am a student so it's not easy managing my time with activities and school it's sometimes very difficult and sometimes uh, activities are in different towns i need to maybe be in, in other towns in order to manage some uh, situations so it's not easy for me to manage my time and manage my school is really difficult and knowing that i'm i'm a student is, is you know thinking has not yet really benefited from finance and everything so we are still struggling like students like youths using our own resources so it's not really easy to gather people day by day without really having a constant supply of of finance and and and, and materials and everything so we are just been trying for the years and actually the the love and the passion is that first eventually another big challenge is that we are facing on the other end big companies very big companies with big means that have huge money in, in plastic production and so they have all the means in order to continue to produce and use all the the influence they have and the, the the money that they should stop and so it's really difficult face this kind of people but it doesn't mean that we will stop we will still continue we'll be giving our best i hope that one day we will be victorious and i would like 
thing going to in the future to to expand and go to so many towns in Cameroon why not in the world inspire more youths get more youth to be engaged their communities give the voice an opportunity to to every everyone everyone should reflect himself as fingering because as this precise is not led by Clinton is the ideology is their way of life making people become more of the defenders of the environment because the environment needs the defense it is in the states where it is really not improving so we need to be stand strong for the environment so i really pray that uh in the future is a source of inspiration to so many people it can grow and impacts a, whole, a lot of people and that at the end of each year we see great achievement and continue having new people interested to join us actually so that's what i'm just wishing for thing green that's what i'm wishing for soa yaoundé hop Cameroon. what i can say to anyone interested in taking similar action or protecting the government is never forget that one person can make the difference each person has what it takes to positively influence our environment and as the former u.s president john kennedy once said one person can make a difference and everybody should try Let's stop thinking someone will do it for us because we are responsible for our future. Our future lies in our hand. And the slogan of Fingering is our planet, our hope. This slogan tells us that we have no other planet. This is our only planet. We won't destroy it and hope to live somewhere else. Peter Marshall once said, small deeds done are better than great deeds planned. It means better than doing small things now than planning to do bigger deeds in the future. So let's save our planet, let's save our environment that is suffering because of our carelessness, because of our ignorance, and because of our greediness. Thank you very much. Well, that was a really inspiring discussion. I loved Ahmed's just enthusiasm for all things plastic recycling and reusing. It was really showing how much work he's put into this cause and how he's motivated and mobilized so many people, which has obviously been tough, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. But I think it's great to see how he wants to take the whole movement forward and have a deeper impact and lasting change in Cameroon on the government and on policy as well. Yeah, he touched on how much he really loved the oceans, etc. And like he wants, he genuinely wants to see his country look cleaner and to tackle the plastic problem. And like he says, he goes, they collect plastics, they do it door to door. Mm. They, they're basically begging people for their plastic. And that level <laughs> of groundwork, that takes some kind of dedication and some kind of passion. And I think that he definitely has that. And I genuinely love the whole Christmas tree thing. I think that was cool. That was interesting. I feel like I would want to see it but maybe in picture form but i want to see it in real life all in all he is truly inspiring i just love his energy and his dedication to this cause one thing he touched on that is really important that people don't play is the ability to change people's mindsets he said that how difficult that is and that has been during this whole process and it is difficult to change people's mindsets because for cultural reasons religious reasons whatever it is people are deeply <laughs> embedded in whatever practices that they have so going in there and trying to change that and shift that 
is always a task but he understands that and he's still pushing past that and not letting that stop him from going out there and doing what he has to do i think he definitely has a bright future he's definitely gonna keep pushing and growing and doing more and really bringing about a solution to the plastic problem in cameroon you're so right these habits we get into with plastic use are so difficult to unlearn we spoke about think green being an ideology and it's exactly the right way to think about these things because in a way it's an ideology that lets these issues pervade the way that we think about waste completely needs to change and as we well know only two percent of plastic worldwide actually makes its way to being fully recycled and that's such a minuscule number so things need to change at every level and it seems like ahmed's really wanting to tackle it at every level yep 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 and i loved the saying that he left us with which was small deeds done are better than great deeds planned and that really just it's not it's nothing new he's not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that but it really does have a lot of meaning because any little thing that you can do now to change the future and and to change things for the better is so much more meaningful than quitting before you even started because the task seems too large yeah is that one step at a time mentality as always if you like what you heard today be sure to follow us on our socials at pta pod on instagram facebook twitter and give us some love and you could also show your support by subscribing to our patreon page if you've not heard of patreon before i mention it basically every episode now so i hope you have but it's a fantastic platform that lets you support us make this great free content for your ears so if you want to go that extra mile and get all sorts of extra benefits from pta pod then go and check it out thank you also to legion x for the great music we mixed together to make our theme and thank you to all of you lovely people for tuning in we'll catch you in the next one Bye!